You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. God, I love doing these. I got to tell you, I have so much fun doing these. On today's episode, we have Dan Doty, who is the co-founder of Everyman. Everyman is a B Corp, which is aimed at empowering men and getting men together in groups to increase their emotional intelligence. And he really hits the nail right on the head with what they are and how they do what they do in these men's groups and these four-day excursions out in the wilderness uh, right in, right off the bat. And the, one of the first things he says is he describes um, sort of the, the mantra, uh, the manifesto for every man. And it's pretty fascinating because emotional intelligence, I think, is a highly underrated skill. And for all of you optimal performers out there, I'm, you know, I mentioned it in the podcast today, but I understand you guys to be people who like doing good work. Um, hard workers, aware of the body, and people who want to perform at the best level possible. And one underutilized skill or one undertrained skill is emotional intelligence. It can be such a major tool for you in getting the things that you want out of this life when you can be in touch with your feelings, understand why you're feeling the way that you are. And he goes through a technique that they use at every man that's very simple that really sort of like pulls out this process of um, coming to terms with your emotions and connecting with other men. But don't worry, ladies, this is going to be an interesting episode for you too, because you really get to kind of peek behind the curtain um, with Dan and I today to see how men talk, how men um, are sometimes scared to share their feelings and why and what we can do about it. And so if you're interested in understanding the male brain a little bit better, this is a really insightful podcast. As you can probably tell right now, and you'll be able to tell in the episode, that I am working from my new office, and the acoustics are not quite dialed in yet. Full disclosure, full transparency. As always, there's a special offer from Chiefs for Men, kind of appropriate for today's episode. Chiefs for Men is uh, the all-natural soap company that Natural Stacks um, bought, took over, and now they run. And uh, I've got an invigorating face wash, that, face wash that I really dig. So go to uh, chiefsformen.com and use the code OPTIMAL for 25% off your first online purchase. It's pretty good stuff. Um, if you're a fan of like Dr. Bronner style soap, simple, straightforward, uh, this, is, this is a lot like that, but it smells better. Also, as I've been sort of teasing these last couple of episodes, I'm working on building my offering to the world. Me, Sean McCormick, as just a dude. Um, I'm a life coach. uh, I'm a performance coach. And some of the things that I do involve inspiring people. And if you want to be inspired every single morning, if you want to get a text message from me with a cool meme that covers one of these four areas, body, mind, spirit, and work, If you're interested in just getting just little pieces of information first thing in the morning that will help you be your absolute best, send me an email, sean, S-E-A-N, at naturalstacks.com. Just say, hey, I want to be inspired. Send me that stuff and just give me your phone number. It's free. I'm not going to bug you or ask you for anything. But my hopes is that you'll 
take it, share it, be inspired by it. And, uh, and hopefully I can, I can help affect more people positively in, uh, in the opportunity that I have to host this podcast. As always, please send us a review, give us some feedback. I've been getting such great feedback from you guys recently and asking you guys to, to send me your phone numbers for that, uh, that text inspiration. It's, it's great. I really love hearing from you. Um, if you have questions too, like if you have questions about any of the products, if you have questions about performance or you're stuck in a pickle some way and you want some free advice from a life coach, please hit me up. Hit me up on Instagram, Coach Sean McCormick, S-E-A-N McCormick, and uh, engage with me. I'm, I'm here to help, so just let me know. This is a great episode. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Um, as always, I would suggest that you listen to this like I do for all my podcasts at either 1, 1.25 speed or 1.5 speed. You just get through more content a little bit faster, and, um, and it doesn't ever lull. So try that out. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen... Dan Doty. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. And we're here with Dan Doty, who is the founder of Everyman. And maybe you picked up a article. Uh, let's try that again. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You should just roll. You should use that. We're just going to roll we're with just it. Gonna go. <laughs> I don't seriously. So here we are, Dan. Tell yeah. everybody. Uh, tell everybody about Everyman. Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, Everyman is an organization. It's a B Corp. Uh, We've been around for less than two years. It's a little bit more than 18 months. Our mission is simplifying and getting clear. And what our mission is, is that we help men develop their emotional skill set, their emotional toolbox, their emotional dexterity, their emotional intelligence, actually learn how to have and feel and use emotions in a good way in order to connect deeply with themselves and with other people. Meaning that there's this simple avenue to human connection, which increases all of the good things, all of the bottom lines that we're looking for in our lives by tapping into our emotions and their ability to connect us to other people and our and our truth. So it's a it's a very much it's a simple formula and every so all right I could I could just like go. You hit go and I could go forever on that. So we're an organization we we help men with that principle with that core we help men start their own men's groups. We support people to start and sustain helpful men's groups. We do weekend retreats. We do leadership training. We have a coaching program. We have a coaching certification and training program. And we do wilderness expeditions uh, right now in Yellowstone and Glacial National Parks uh, for seven or eight days. We we have taken a big bite and uh, that's what we are. That's who, that's who we are and what we do. <laughs> The who you are and what you do, you said that so well because it's it's crystal clear. And and like we were talking about before the mics went on is like, well, how? How how do you do that? How do you do what you do? And um, we did, you, you guys were just featured in Men's Health in this lengthy article um, in which the reporter actually participates in one of the retreats. And 
the way that the author conveyed his experience had me, and I'm sure a lot of other men that read it, felt like we were there too. Like we were participating in one of these expeditions. Um, can you can you walk us through a little bit about why this is important? Because I, I I think the what is good. I want people to understand yeah. what you do and how and what you do yeah. and how you do it. But I'd love to yeah riff on that for me. The why yeah the big why. I mean, there's a couple, but the first ones that come to mind first would be sort of the defensive position, which would be this, that uh, I believe and we believe, and I think there's an immense amount of evidence support this, but men, many men are hurting. They're hurting because they're repressing an amazing amount of their experience. They're repressing an amazing amount of their emotions. And they, it's just not kosher. It's not generally okay for men to feel and express what's happening. The repression of that is... Let's just say it. It's bad. And so I believe and we believe that this comes out in ways that are not helpful and are even harmful to others around us and to our society in general. The repression of feeling and emotion in men, I believe, leads to many of the really, really dark elements that that you hear reported about all the time. I think it adds to the suicide epidemic. I think it adds to the the Me Too uh, situation in our culture between men and women. I feel like it adds potentially to some of the the violence and other other elements. You could make clear connections here, but generally speaking, that's one argument for why is that we men are hurting other people because they're actually hurting the, in inside they're already hurting and that's coming out in a nasty way the the more offensive or exciting well try not to qualify too much another one is that why is because when we as men take time to slow down and truly get connected with ourselves and make connection with other people primary when we make that primary we are so close like I, I look at men and I just want to say you are so close to things being wildly better than you even know. Like this is low hanging fruit, guys. This emotional like sinking into our experience and connecting with others through allowing our emotions to be there is really low fucking hanging fruit. And the benefits of which transform any and every part. I mean – I. Actually, I don't like I don't like how I'm saying there, but it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Like the the connection with our partners, with our children, with our family, with our work, with our purpose, with everything. Like, like it's just massively, massively, massively impactful to slow down and make connection primary. Do so. you think that? Do you think that that men are are living in such a way of repressed feelings, emotions? Do you think it's because that's the way our culture has taught young boys to be and these young boys that repress and repress grow up to be sort of shielded off uh, emotionally um, inexperienced f men and feelers? Is it, is, it, is it a cultural thing more than anything? Well, I think it's definitely uh, – that's a great part of it. You know, I, I don't think that anybody quite has the entire uh, landscape mapped out to understand the exact real, you know, real reason that things are the way they are. But yes, I, I think to a great part, culture has had a, a, a big effect on on this. 
And I think you could you could say culture as a whole. You could call it historical trends, and then you could also look at uh, microcultures or segments of our population in their own way. So I grew up in you know northern North Dakota, in the middle of like this great cold, freezing you know prairie with Germanic and Norse uh, settlers who came in here. Emotional expression was the furthest thing from true anywhere. And so, and my family was full of love and, you know, so for me specifically, I came from a a local culture that was even exaggerated, I think, in terms of emotional expression and allowance. Um, But big picture, yeah, have guys been encouraged to to own what they feel and, and be able to have a place to express it? No, that has not generally been a part of our culture. And I think that there's, you know, I, I can go a lot of different ways with this, but at times I I feel like that's that has been appropriate in the past, in history, right? Like, for example, I imagine if we were in World War II and we were, you know, many of us men were off in battle and, you know, if we were to really open up how we felt about things, it probably would have incapacitated us to the point of not being able to do anything. We had to stomach things. And I don't want to make excuses and I don't necessarily – I'm not making a value judgment on that. But – um, what the world, I like to ask the question, what the world needs from us today? What does the world actually need us to step up into? What challenges do we need to face? What new frontiers do we need to explore? And I think it's very clear right now that the frontier we need to explore as men is inside of us and it's together and it's how we are making a safe home for our family, a safe place for, for it's, it's this internal buildup of repressed shit that's leaking out on our families and our coworkers. And that's the place where I think we need to go to, to fight right now, honestly. Uh, you, you, it's a great point because I, I feel the same way. And this may not be um, um, a popular opinion, but the fact that we have that, – that men in general and especially men in the last couple hundred years, especially in the Western world, it has served men – to not overly emote because there's been settling to do because there's like you said there's wars to fight there's been um you know um i mean the way that you characterize your community of um you know norse settlers there there i think that there is a biological element there's a predisposition for men to be just less emotive and it has served it has served humanity and at the same time uh, th- in the past, there have been certain rites of passage. Uh, there have been certain um, expeditions in across all cultures, except for ours, that have some sort of um, ability to transform a young man into a grown man where they can kind of sort of come into themselves. And I don't see that existing anywhere else Um th- in our culture and it seems to me like do are you cool with the that association of being sort of a a a rite of passage in in, a, in an expedition like you guys do uh, i am and i'm not i i feel like in a in the basic sense in which it's talked about as a rite of passage being like a a one-step journey at a critical point in life i'm not really down with um, in general, yes, absolutely. But what 
the I guess really the the line of thinking on rites of passage that I embrace is that it is it's not just like oh man we missed this thing when we were thirteen um, and we didn't have the elders of our tribe you know putting us through some rigorous thing like I think that's one of a multitude of rites of passage that we all need. I actually think that we're going through, we need rites of passage. And so I think there's this formalization that that is both helpful and harmful when we think about rites of passage, because, you know, what one way that we could talk about our groups, our men's groups, our everyman groups, where guys get together weekly or every other week and show up to just like peel back all the layers and wiggle themselves down into their actual bedrock truth and feel how uncomfortable that is and learn how to express it and learn how to connect. In some way, what's happening there is basically an evergreen rolling basis rite of passage opportunity where literally every week of your life, you show up to get seen and felt and recognized for what change you're going through in your life. And this is massively powerful. And, and so yes, could a guy come on an expedition, you know, have a rite of passage, change his life? Yes, it happens. But I actually think that that's just uh, that's actually an oversimplified way of looking at it. I feel like what we're actually talking about here is sustainable community that is um, growth oriented and powerful in the long term, right? It's and so that is one thing we work with. Like guys will come to our events, have a like a, have their minds freaking blown, have like a holy crap like incident, and then. If you just go back to your normal unsupported life, your normal isolated life, honestly, it gets a bit confusing. It's like, whoa, I just had that crazy thing and now I'm back in this other thing. And how how is there a bridge? How is there a difference? Um, does that answer your question? Because it's 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 like it's it's subtle, right? There's there's a lot to that. I th- I think that the normal narrative in in some subcultures is like we don't have rites of passage. This is fucked and. Yes, that's true, and I just don't think like we're looking at it with enough subtlety to understand the like the type of cultures and communities that these traditional rites of passage were in were completely differently organized than our cult than our community now. So to me it's much more about like what is what is the appropriate rite of passage today? What what is what is that? It's not just like going in the woods and letting a bunch of ants sting you and learning how to deal with pain and then, you know, hallucinating in a hammock for 7 days. Like that might help, but but <laughs> You know, what else, man? Well, you're right. So that that begs the question, right? Because um, you're right. It it goes beyond one isolated thing where, okay, you're a man now. Okay, you know how to be uh, a part of a group. You know how to be a leader. Um, So that so how how do you guys do it then? How do you how do you develop community? How do you support men? How do you uh, facilitate these experiences for for men to grow as people? Yeah, so it's it's insanely simple. It's insanely, insanely simple. And we have um, a simple uh, formula that we have at the at the core of everything we ever do, whether it's a group or a retreat or an expedition or coaching, whatever it is. And it's um, first of all, we we set we set a we set the stage of safety. We we have agreements. We basically have an operating plan that hey, while we're together, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do our best to do this. You are also responsible for this. This is not a top-down thing. This is like everyone participating speaks up and says, "Okay, hey, I'm going to do my best. I agree to this. We're in." Right? That 
starts us off in a, in a really strong place. And then the formula is literally this simple. We slow down and stop. We, we, we slow the fuck down. When we are slowed down, we are able with a little bit of simple direct guidance to plug into our somatic or physical experience and our emotional experience in the moment. Meaning as simple as right now, I'm sitting talking to you, my feet are cold, my back feels a little crooked and kinked, uh, my right hand is clenched and I don't know why, my jaw feels loose, my eyes feel wide open, I feel caffeine rushing through me emotionally right now, I feel this like tinge of aggression, I don't know where that's coming from, I'm also really curious and happy, I'm having fun. So right now, I slowed down, I plugged in my own experience and I shared it with you, right? That is simple but fundamentally different from how men operate. And so those three steps, slowing down, becoming very aware of our internal state and taking the third, taking the risk to share that and put it out in the world is, it is a risk. It is the definition of being vulnerable and it is, it is repeatable and iterative on an insanely wide process, right? So from that basic place, what we are doing is we're creating an environment in which men are literally guided and and held to the idea of being truthful to the moment. It is a hack to being present. That's all that is. And from that place, we trust that from that place, what emerges is something wildly different from what we normally do. And that's inarguable. I mean, that is inarguable. And is that often with I mean, in, in whether it's an expedition or one of the men's groups, um, that's usually that's the spark that that sets it off to, to make everybody else okay with doing the same thing, and it all rolls from there. Exactly. So so there's this there's this intrinsic, and that's why. So you mentioned like reading the men's health article. I thought that was so powerful because it was from the experiential standpoint. He wrote that from this basic process roughly what I just outlined, right? So if you and I and seven other guys, you know, are in the mountains sitting around a fire and we're we're gonna we're gonna practice what I'm talking about. So I might sit down and I'm going to, for whatever reason, what's on my mind and really what I'm really, you know, feeling is an issue with my wife. Let's just say this is this is I'm making this up right now. But I if I am willing to let go into that and really go all the way and not hold back and share with you what I'm feeling. And maybe there's some real anger involved in that. And so my anger, I let myself be angry and you all are there receiving it and being impacted by it. What that does is like intrinsically, automatically, oh, anger's okay here. I'm actually going to be okay we're going to be okay. This is safe. We're not going to like get either punched or we don't have to run away or freeze or fight or whatever. Like anger's actually okay here. Holy shit. And then all of a sudden many of those other men in the in the group are going to be like Whoa. like I mean it'll you can see it. You can feel them fill up. And anger's just one example of many. You know, sometimes it's just deep sadness. Sometimes it's a feeling of grief or loss. It could be the opposite. It could be joy. It could be pride. Like how many men 
have the opportunity to to have a safe place where they can simply be proud and even brag on their wins and and like really accept how fucking amazing they are. And so it is. It's an experience. It's like dominoes. One man takes the chance to feel fully and express it and in real time looks around and feels not only like it's okay, but like you're being honored. And here's here's the thing for guys. Like doing this is risky and it's scary and it's actually very courageous. And it actually dials up a feeling inside, which is not all that unlike extreme sports. I mean, it's just like there is part of you that feels like I might die if I do this, literally. And so in real time, when other guys give you the feedback energetically, verbally, just like, Holy crap, dude, I'm so with you. And it's, yes, so it starts this, just this very creative, healing, supportive, it's like true person-to-person supportive community. It's a, it's, it's wild. It blows my mind. It still blows my mind every time. Like I, I went to my men's group two nights ago. I've been doing this for a long time. This is what I do. It still blows my fucking mind, man. Tell us a little bit about how you got into it because, uh, I mean, um, to make this your full-time thing, and I know that you've been involved in creative projects and, you know, recorded podcasts with Joe Rogan in the back of a pickup truck and and you've done a a number of different things, but how, how is it that, that now this is your calling? Where did it, where did it all begin for you? Yeah, I'll I'll do this kind of quick. So it, it started in that cold corner of North Dakota, which I spoke about earlier, and it spoke it started from being a very sensitive boy in a in an environment where that didn't make sense. And I could always feel more than what others were sharing, right? And so that gap between what I felt happening and what people said was happening was that's the beginning of this whole thing for me. That really is. It's that gap in there that that I feel like all this comes from. But then well, uh, the practically speaking where it started, right after college, I became a wilderness therapy guide. So I started leading wilderness trips for troubled young men specifically. Uh, I spent, you know, several years and many hundreds of days leading these trips. And so it was – I. I I knew I had a calling then. I was in one way I was just being a big brother to all of these young dudes that I just I just loved them. I just like it was the most perfect fit for me in and I started my own process of personal growth through being there in a mentorship capacity. That's where it really started to solidify. Um and yeah, I did that for a while. I lived all over the world, traveled a bunch, had, you know, lived a very adventurous life. I eventually moved to New York City. I became a, a, a New York City teaching fellow. I taught high school in the Bronx for a couple of years because I wanted to get a master's and keep working at the same time. And that actually started to break me. So I was in my mid to late 20s, uh, burnt myself out, got into a Looking back, I'm surprised at how dark I got in a real dark spot, kind of blew my life up, um, started really looking into personal growth and, and spiritual growth and different things for the first time really hard for myself. And I found my first men's group. It was 2009. It was actually 
December 9th, 2009. I didn't know men's groups existed. I didn't know what it was. I, it was like a completely new, 100% new concept to me. And I stepped into one in midtown Manhattan with nine dudes much older and more successful and far more put together than I was. And um, walked out of that first meeting like, <laughs> like just like, holy shit. Like, what the fuck was that? How... <laughs> How is this possible? And, and you know, and then I stuck with it. I stuck with men's groups and um, really dove in all the way. And from a very early stage, I, I had this question of like, why does the world not know about this? Why is this not normal? This is actually really a, a very simple thing and could be implemented into people's lives. Why is it so scary? And so I spent really the next seven years-ish plotting, learning, thinking, training, and all the while being scared shitless to be the guy to step up to the mic and say, men, you got these feelings. Let's, let's not ignore it. Right. And I was terrified, man. And, um, and yeah, so you mentioned I, I had a media career for a while. I was the producer and director of a, of a show called Mediator, which is a hunting and adventure show. And, you know, it was an amazing time. It was, a, it was a hell of a lot of adventures, and and um, and all the while, you know, there's this gnawing, nagging feeling inside of me, like you have this clear calling, right? I, I had a clear calling from a long time. You know, fast forward, and I have my first son a couple years ago, and it's like that little bastard came out with a note from God <laughs> that just said, like, "All right, man, time's up. Cut the like, shit." Well, it may it made it very real because I have a boy, I had a son, you know? And it was just like, it was like a lightning bolt. It's like, dude, if you like, yeah, you can just, you could be a dad here, but if you don't do what you know, you have to do like the world that he's growing into needs this. So it was, you know, that's kind of some big dramatic thing, but that's really how it felt. And it really kicked my ass that's, into gear that, and I got fired. Did you? Like, I got help because then I got fired. So <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> uh, and you're probably in a place because of all the men's groups that you've been a part of, participating in, starting, hosting expeditions, that when your son came, you were in touch enough with your inner self, your inner voice, your calling, your purpose in this life to say, okay, I really need to do just this. This is my thing. This is what I'm going to be doing with the rest of my life is bringing men together. It's that big. It's that important. Yeah. And I already knew, I already knew that, that there was, it was not a new realization, but what it was, was something like if I thought that I was behind the driver's seat, it was like something grabbed my hands, took them off the wheel, handcuffed them behind my back through like tied me up, threw me in the trunk and said, listen, dude, you're not in fucking control here. <laughs> That's how it felt. <laughs> well said. Why why do you think why do you think it is it men, you know, cuz there's there's a couple of lines from the men's health article and anybody listening if you haven't read it yet, go go read this because um whether you're a man or a woman, I think it's important to understand the potential uh, for the sort of growth that happens when it's organized and open uh, in a group of men in a healthy way, not getting slammed at the bar or going to a football mm -hmm. game or even doing CrossFit. It's something, something much different. 
um, one of the lines from the article that you sort of lead with in, in, in your interview is that you said men are hurting. Hmm. It's such a simple and such, it's a, it's, I understand how, especially now in the culture that we live in with the president that we have, it's like men are hurting. Pardon me. Men are oppressors. Men are, you know, right. how, how is it that, that men are hurting when they have so much uh, handed to them, whatever. Can you explain what you mean by that, by men are hurting? Yeah, well, the best way to explain this is to go back into the the career where I worked with young men specifically. And you can imagine that, you know, in situations where kids are either locked up or sent away, that there's more than a couple bullies in that crew, in that crowd that I worked with. Right. And so let's just take that example and and go into it a little bit. And so I had the fortunate position to work closely compassionately and fully with many, many bullies who did things to hurt other people. They did. They hurt other people. There's no way to argue that. And that was not okay to anybody around them, nor should it have been. And it wasn't even okay to them. But what I learned and what was completely obvious from at every moment there is that these bullies were so, so, so hurt and so, so hurting themselves. And it, I, and listen, are there some examples to this? Are there psychopaths? Yes. But the, the, the real, I really deeply believe this, that, you know, people are basically good. All people are basically good. And that when people are doing things to hurt other people, it's because of a chain reaction of being really hurt themselves at some time. And we learn these ways to live. We learn, we learn coping mechanisms. We learn. And so, so using that example of the bullies, I learned that what they needed was more love and compassion than you could even imagine. And that that was the way not to punitively say you, you, you fucking suck, you're a bad person and now you're going to go away. And I get that that's sometimes necessary and we have to be protective. But like the real way to fix that problem in the big run is to help them heal. And so if you, tran you know, transpose that onto a cultural perspective of men today, and I get that this ta that takes a really big ask of women a really big ask of people in general, but I am concerned with and intending for actual long-term massive sustainable change in what we're talking about, not quick fixes here. I'm talking about going to the source, and I do believe that the source is that it's not just men that we're, is hurting, everybody's hurting, right? Can we Can we learn ways to move forward with that being truly honored. That, that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's what, that's where uh, this podcast is, is centered on is tools. Like what tools are there? What tools do those kids have to become more in touch with themselves and their feelings so that, so that, that, a, that the generation after them so that they, they can become better fathers and they can raise better boys and better is a, you know what I mean by better but just more in touch, of course. right? So, so the tools is the thing. So I'm curious, uh, it kind of goes back to the other question. Well, how do you do it? Well, there's three steps. 
<laughs> slow mm-hmm. the fuck down, check and mm-hmm. see what's going on in your body and in your mind and in your spirit, and then share that. I mean, that does does that tool work with uh, teenage bullies? I think it works with everybody. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, every situation requires maybe a slightly different flavor, like in the moment, right? But but this is a human thing we're talking about. This 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 is this is talking about like hacking into our basic humanity and our 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 we're social primates, we're social mammals, right? That we have this need for safety that is very very primary. And so what we're talking about is creating interpersonal safety, emotional safety. So this does work for bullies. A hundred percent, it works for bullies. I think that you know there. There's a couple of things that that get in the way that have to be addressed. One is stigma, you know, one is one is environment. And so safety has to be primary here. You have to make a space or a community or an engagement or an event. It has to be it has to be made safe. And I think so talking about tools, I think that the most effective thing for men specifically across the age ranges here is not top-down leadership. It is leading by example and demonstrating that it's simply okay to do what we're doing and demonstrating that when you learn to be in touch and compassionate and feeling, it does not take away your man card. It does not take away your ability to be strong. It does not take away your your classic sort of the things you want, right? And so what we what it, the tool I think that's most powerful and it's what every man's built on is that we lead by example all the time. In all of our retreats on our expeditions, the lead facilitators are also participating at every step. And we are, we are, you know, like we're not sitting and instructing necessarily. We will offer tools along the way, but really the the real tool is to embody and just do what we do. Like in some ways, what an amazing position I've found myself in now. Like, you know, I get I get to go around just being myself. <laughs> having com- just, start, starting conversations <clears throat> and just being true yeah. just being all the way true in, in one way it's the easiest thing in the entire world right and it it's it's different from what's normal but um man it feels like we're beginning to find as i mean within every man itself we've hit a tipping point where our first retreats guys would come to be pretty terrified pretty frozen like what the heck is going on we don't you know and there was there was sort of a bigger barrier to to drop in an entry it's completely shifted and i feel like there's this larger permission that's being granted now and so so yes so the the tools are that simple and of course there are subtleties and there's nuances and there's a lot of ways to you know what often happens here is that we practice some basics in our groups or on our experiences. But then where the, again, where the rubber meets the road is when I go home and I need to have an uncomfortable conversation with my wife and tell her how I actually feel about something that is like level two or level three. But that is where, that's where the low hanging fruit turns into like a, a fucking feast. It changes our relationships um, fundamentally. So again, you could take those tools, like it, it's funny, like you can, you can sort of pull them out and complexify a little bit and, and it, it does help to do that. But then when it gets down to it, it's like, okay, I have to talk to my wife. What do I do? Okay. Check in. 
what I actually feel. I feel uncomfortable. I'm scared to talk to her. What do I say? Oh, I just say that, honey, I'm really scared to talk to you about this and I don't really know where to start. And then you go from there. <laughs> in which, in which case you, the, oh, you, your wife responds with, okay, let's talk. <laughs> and, and exactly. And that, and that is exactly. so basic and so fundamental and yet probably so uncommon. Well, can you tell us a little bit of, can you map out what an experience is? Like, can you, can you paint us a picture for those of us that, that hadn't read the article? Can you tell us a little bit about what, what all one of these experiences entails? Yeah. Well, yes. So would you like to hear the, the wilderness one oriented or, or our open source is more of our intro experience, a weekend experience? What would be more helpful? Well, tell us about the intro experience. Yeah. So the intro I, roughly it's an intro, but it's for any, any man who's called any man who's willing to do this. So it's a, it's a 48 hour experience. We've run about a dozen of these. We've had, you know, more than 500. Yeah. Well, way over 500 people go through it now. So it's, here's, here's, here's what it is. We show up at a lodge that has access to nature, um, on a Friday evening at about 7 PM. And there's a, like a delicious, healthy, amazing meal set. Everybody eats. Uh, our first night is from eight to 10 and we meet as a whole group. It's about 50 men. Uh, last one, we, we just did one two weeks ago. It was 64. It's our biggest yet. Um, and we do, we, we set the stage on what we've already talked about here today. So we get everybody in there. We say, Hey, here's the ground rules for the weekend. Here's our intentions. And our intentions are the same for these. It's, uh, we want every man to have uh, life-changing experience. We want them to feel and experience real connection and brotherhood. And then we want them to learn tools and skills. That's it. And so we'll, we'll do our business. We'll, we'll get everybody there. We'll do a quick, uh, body type meditation just to relax and start to get in touch with what we're feeling. We'll share this simple three-step process that we'll iterate over and over. And then we'll get everybody up out of their chairs and we'll do what we call AB lines, which many people may have done in other places, but I call it the world's most in insanely powerful icebreaker. And so what we'll ask men to do is go face to face with another man and make eye contact and stand close enough to each other where they can have a conversation maintaining eye contact. And just that step alone of having men make eye contact is really scary for a lot of guys. It's really uncomfortable. And so what we have already done was we've made it safe and we've guided them through this. We're like, hey, you might feel really uncomfortable. It's okay. Trust us. Relax. Stay present. Notice what you feel. And then we'll ask them to share prompts like, if you really knew me, you would know that, right? If, and then things like, what are you most afraid to tell me right now? What do you not want anyone to know about you? What are you most proud of? Tell us about the love you have for the people close to you. Just like very fundamental, powerful questions. And it's pretty amazing because in the 25, 30 minutes of that exercise, it what that exercise kind of gives everybody a sense of like, Okay, that's that's what's happening here. And the amount of relief and shift that changes in people in that short exercise is a monumental. And so then we go, we break so much of the work on these weekends, we break into small groups of six to eight guys, and we have trained facilitators running each of the groups. And then um 
yeah, so you know, everybody sleeps in their comfy beds, and then we get up, and we'll the first day on Saturday we do an hour of yoga. I lead a bunch of breathwork and meditation to start. We have a good breakfast. We do a a big exercise Saturday morning that really puts like one's whole life into perspective. We break into small groups and do some really deep diving. Um, Saturday afternoon we usually do some. Exercise some some physical stuff just to get outside. Uh, we've done we did a retreat in Joshua Tree National Park, and you know we did like a a two hour mini uh, solo where everybody went out in the desert and sat. Uh, we've done uh, service projects. We've built trails. We've we've just done hikes. Saturday afternoon is a bit of a activity focused thing. Um, Saturday night, we, and this might sound cheesy, but it's actually one of the most amazing things. We actually do a talent show. We do like a, we do like a share. And so we have a stage, a stage and a sound system and everything. And guys, and it's, dude, we have had chainsaw artists, like (laughs) chainsaw carvings. We have had professional ballet dancers. We have had like, like, it's just, Again, and, and under under this understanding of like this is a place literally just to relax and express yourself, right? Yeah. And it's it's like it's like everybody dropped Molly and acid, but nobody's on any drugs. It's great. <laughs> it's freaking. It's insane. Just and unshackled, yeah. honesty, open, and like it's this is this is who I am. It's beautiful. And then Sunday kind of continues. We get up and we, we, we always do a sunrise hike on Sunday and we do some um, sort of really deep emotional uh, release work in the morning. And then, you know, Sunday morning we, we bring in uh, – when you take – so our process, the slow down, feel, and connect, that has, a, that has sort of a uh, – let's call it a postgraduate version that we call like a healing experience. So – we, we can take that formula and take it to the nth degree where a man can really have some space to go really deeply into something that's happening for him. And things get things get interesting. Things get a little wild usually on Sunday mornings. And then we wrap it all up on Sunday afternoons with uh, – with a really clear integration statement of how we're going to take this into our lives, where we want to go. Um, it's, it's a very intense weekend. It's um, – it's intentionally designed to have space for men to just, you know, meet each other and connect and have fun. And so there's a lot of intense work, but it's also under the, the, the ethos of that. We don't have to just be only weird intense about this. Like we can, we can come together. We can also have fun. We can also be outside. You know, we can really like take ourselves seriously and get some work done and really have some growing experience, but it doesn't have to be, um, you know, like, I don't know what the word, like my face is making like a, like a frowny face right now. It doesn't have to be only intense, Yeah. right? Does that make sense? Yeah. It doesn't have to be hurry up and focus in on, on pain and anguish. Cause we're going to get through like, let's, let's go, let's dig in immediately. It could be, it's, 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 it has times to where people, guys can be just casual. Exactly. Yeah. And so we have our melt, our melt training is our leadership training. And so if a guy, if a guy just wants to go to the deep end and stay there, you know, we have that yeah. as a different option. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's funny. The, the term, I, the terminology that you're using is a terminology that is, uh, it, of the sort of personal development life coach vein, like go deep dive, deep end, mm-hmm. um, uh, 
you know, awareness, understanding, like you're, you, I use these terms all the time, uh, in, in my, um, my life coaching practice with my clients and it's not common language. It's not, Mm. you know, for, for, for most folks, they don't have really have a concept. Well, I, I don't say they don't have a concept, but it's a little harder to grasp what that feels like, what that means to, to do a deep dive, to do deep work, to like, really yeah. open up like most folks most guys have no concept of that they maybe have never done well, you it know, their whole life you know what it feels like it's terrifying yeah <laughs> it's absolutely terrifying and that's why that's you what it feels it. like right yeah it, it you're right you're right as i'm thinking about it you know for folks who because our you know our our listenership are um high performers people concerned with like doing a lot of good work, good work. That's what they mm. want to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I imagine, again, people who I coach, uh, listeners of this podcast, uh, people that you serve, is that if your life is pretty dialed and mm-hmm. your kids are fed and happy, you've got a cool job, you make pretty good money, like you like your wife, you have sex, uh, twice a month with her and uh, your investments are organized and life is pretty good. But then there's that little thing in the back of your mind that's like, no, it's not. There's a part that's missing. There's something there that's not being nourished, that's not being recognized, that needs to come out. And and it, and it rears its ugly head at your kid's baseball practice. It rears its ugly head when, you're, when your wife asks you a, a, a question around how you feel and you sort of like, ooh, like shield that for a little bit. This, your process, the the community that you're building with every man is is like the last frontier of, 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 a, of the art of living. It's a skill that's so important and so uh, necessary for guys who are doing good. Like, my life is great mm. and... And in order to really deepen your human experience and to live a life that is full and enriched and enthusiastic and and that can affect everybody around you, you have to do this work at some point, right? I mean, sure. You know, I mean, this might go a little bit counter, but uh, I'd say like, yeah, make make sure you really want it too. You know, like if, if you are pretty happy... Like, just be aware. I mean, honestly, I would kind of say, well, think about it. Maybe you should just stay there. Hang out there. That sounds awesome. That's great. However, that just doesn't often be, doesn't often seem to be the case, right? There's, there's like, uh, there's like a, there's a lack of a deep, visceral, vital fulfillment from things are good, right? It's just, I mean, I don't know. Right. I, I actually wish that, I actually wish that that would be enough, Honestly, for I'd be like, fuck, that would wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing if if like, yeah, all of those things you mentioned and you have all that and then that felt like enough. Anyway, I'm just kind of rambling about a personal beef, but I (laughs) I wish that was enough is what I'm saying to be good, but to to be good. Exactly. To be to be um, at a level of 
less stress, right? Or, or less concern that, that, and that is amazing. It's, and I, I'm legitimately celebrating deep down for every person that has that. I think that that's beautiful. Um, and yeah, what, well, I think what, what we do at every man and this human connection and this, this it's, it, I don't know if it's the last frontier, but it certainly is, is a frontier and it is a an opportunity to to really feel and experience a level of vibrance of being alive that is primal natural human and it's almost like it uh clicks up like it's almost like new like if you look around maybe you didn't realize that you were colorblind and you've only been seeing two tones and then and then somebody hits a button and you look around, you're like holy holy shit like this is this is a level of um uh, you know yeah vibrancy would be a word but but the other thing that really that really like lands here is much of this angles toward meaning and fulfillment right so not happiness and status but meaning and fulfillment and i'm just kind of making this up on the fly but the meaning part is very 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 deep and i can just for a second speak from my own experience right now that my my relationship with my wife while at times messy and chaotic and scary is so far beyond the level of fulfillment and meaning that I ever thought could be possible with a with a romantic and and committed partnership. My like what I feel and and the depth of what I feel and receive from the love of my two little boys is again it's like it, it's so many orders beyond what I thought was possible it's 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 crazy and my like my work community like building this organization like the level of trust and care and authenticity and clarity and honesty and everything with with my work colleagues and and my friendships around me i guess what what i'd like to say to to them to men and, and others is that we can truly have like the connections and the relationships and the meaningful things in in a way that I, I, it's hard to even find the language to describe it accurately without without coming across as just being dramatic and overblown. But the there is this human thing where we need each other to feel safe. And I think a lot of times we walk around not feeling safe and not knowing it. But when we actually do that and when we actually make contact with others, it's a game changer. Yeah. The... the, the the ability to have an increased emotional intelligence that you get from doing this sort of work on yourself with the help of others, it affects every aspect of your life. It, when, when you're, and kind of going back to like, you know, the last frontier for people who have done a lot of work in their, in their life, but not a lot of work on themselves and to do that introspection and to really ask yourself, how do I feel? When you start to do that and you start to develop your emotional self, when you start to um, sharpen that sword a little bit so that you kind of know how you feel and you know you can, you can watch yourself shift um, in and out of different emotions 
that is a that is a skill that really pays dividends. I mean, it will make you mm-hmm. a better person. It will make you a, a better performer. It will make you a, it will make you better in all of the, all of your life. And so that's kind of my point in in going down that direction is that if your emotional quotient is kind of low and you're not in touch with others and yourself, like you're 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 missing out. Yeah, you know what? It's also fun. It's also really fun to do this and to not do it alone and to have other people to connect with on this thing. It's one thing that I've been thinking a lot about is how men make friends, generally speaking, oftentimes through activity. It's activity-based relationships, right? So you got your you got your college buddies, you got your sports buddies, whatever that is. And it's not very often where men have had many venues to make direct and I mean, you know, and guys joke about it. Like, like, how do you make a friend when you're an adult man? It's it's kind of awkward, right? Like, you know, there's there's kind of like a courtship period that's weird and guys are squirrely about. And so that's funny, but at the same time, men statistically, adult men statistically have the fewest and the least deep friendships of any other part of our our uh, culture. That's and I think that that's another symptom or an example about this men are hurting thing like I don't know, think back to being a boy and not everybody's this, but like, you know, friends are a huge needed part of life, you know, and, and to, to think that we grow up and all of a sudden we don't have that anymore. God, that sucks. Yeah. That's just, that's just shitty. That's not fun. (laughs) Right. I mean, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it puts a lot of pressure. It puts a lot of pressure on our primary relationships. It, it just, it's just like, it's just not a great, it's just not a very enticing way to live yeah you know? yeah why can't you call your buddy and and ask if he wants to go ride bikes like <laughs> like seriously yeah, right yeah right to be able to be that to be that to be that open and not care like how it is going to come off or how it's going to sound just be like just being being even that sort of vulnerability like i, I right now there's a, a a dad uh with of one of my son's uh, school classmates and he seems really cool. And every time we see each other, like we, we vibe for three and a half minutes and then we go our separate ways, <laughs> you know, cause he's got his life and his business and his family and I've got mine. And I keep having this thought like, dude, I should really just call Alan and just see if mm-hmm. he wants to like go for a walk, like, uh, or, you know, go for a coffee or a tea or something like that. Cause, cause I don't, I don't, I don't need to go meet him at a bar. I don't need to, you know, like, but I don't know how to do that. And I haven't done that in such a long time to, can, can we, can we work on this just for 60 seconds? For sure. Cause this is such a, this is such a perfect like tool moment for people listening. So when you think about calling him, what do you notice in your body? What comes up? What, what's the, what's the feeling and the experience you have what is it, it exactly? Honestly, it's a feeling of, am I good enough? Am I cool enough? Like, would this guy want to be my friend? Am I interesting enough to like, it, if, and I, if and when I show him that I'm, that I'm interested in like seeing him socially, yeah. am I, it, yeah. is that going to be weird? Am I cool enough for it? So that awkward laugh there, what is that? What is that? Embarrassment, fear. I'm just going to call what I, what I'm imagining it is. Embarrassed and, and Afraid. I think that's fear. I think that's fear. Yeah, and embarrassment for sure. 
Yeah. So again, so this, this is the, the fast forward of the process of like what we do in our group. So, so what I would encourage you to do would be to text him and say, Hey, Alan, uh, I've been thinking about this for a while, but it, it's awkward and I feel a little embarrassed and a little awkward and afraid to do this. But honestly, I would, I like you and I, it would be interesting to hang out sometime. And, uh, that's it. <laughs> and then and then if you were part of my group, I'd say, all right, so next week there's one thing you're going to be held accountable to. You're going to take one action. And that's what we do in our groups. Nice. One simple action per week. And I'd say, all right, man, like this is your stretch. This is your thing for the week. Text Alan. Be honest. And so it's – again, and so that keeps coming up. It's that just own what's actually happening. And when you do that, it's like a magic doorway for other people to meet you there. It just is. Because guess what? I guarantee Alan's feeling the same thing. Right. I guarantee it. You can imagine very clearly that. And so there's something at risk. You're, you're putting yourself out there. There's a risk in taking this action. But if you just do it with levity and vulnerability, like, hey, dude, this is awkward. I don't know how to do this very well. I kind of want to be friends. What do you think? Yeah. And and that simple thing would probably like at least take a couple of pounds off of my backpack I carry around, you know, like just doing that, taking that step would be like, think oh, of, I feel good. Think of the risk reward here, right? So like risking embarrassment in an awkward moment, but the potential reward being a friendship in which who knows what will come of fun, support like maybe networking, like who knows? It could be, who knows? It could be massive. Right, right. You're right, the risk reward. That is that something you guys talk about? Is that a concept that, that, that you return to? I think about it all the time. Because because these emotional hangups we have these these little points of of you know where we get held back because we're you know afraid of a potential outcome there is a risk at that that we do use that language all the time like what's the risk of you actually feeling or or saying this thing of you having this conversation with your father you've been putting off for nine years let's get really clear at what the risk is okay you know and that's that's a very helpful tool also is to really you know and it takes sometimes it takes some time and some help and guidance to really like it's hard to sink in and settle into what we're actually feeling it really is and that's why the group dynamic is really helpful cuz like if i'm plugged into you um you know we're basically developing our ability to to uh be empathic toward each other right so if you're sharing about this potential friendship I'm going to notice what's happening in me as you talk about it. And so I can go back and say, hey, when you said that little awkward laugh, when you laughed like that, that felt like, what is that? Because that feels like that's driving the bus here a little bit. And what is it? And so embarrassment? Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is embarrassing. Okay. I am. This is just an awkward, embarrassing thing. And so then you get to flesh out. So what's the risk? You could be you, you could be turned down, right? And you you could have put yourself out there. And, and so, but, but here's the thing, when the evidence comes back, when the data comes back on this stuff, generally speaking, it's met wildly positive, like whatever it is, right? Basically, I feel like most people are walking around afraid to take a step in many directions. And usually everybody else is feeling that same thing too. So really what we're doing is leading by vulnerability and example. And, uh, it's, you know, and again, so we could we could go on that forever, but that is a that was a great example of something that is normal for many men and could also like well let me just say, like 
a year and a half ago, I was on the Rogan podcast. A dude reached out through Facebook in Bozeman. His name was Aaron. I didn't know who he was. He's like, you said something on the podcast I just wanted to meet. And so we had coffee. And like, you know, like we got to, I I feel I want to give men permission to talk like this. But dude, I felt in like, I'm like, you're my fucking best friend, man. And like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not resting until that's true. And I just like, I love this man with every part of me. Like, it is just this, like, he's an ex green, green beret. We're hunting buddies. He works for every man. It's just like, it's again, this isn't normal, but I feel so wildly insanely grateful that he's in my life. And I, it's like, I could hardly imagine my life without him. It's, you know, I don't think we talk about our male friends for that very often. Maybe that's weird. I don't really give a shit because it's so meaningful to me. It's the bedrock. He's the godfather to my son. You know, he's my son's godfather. He's like, he's like an intrinsic part of my family. It's, it's yeah. That ability to make connections with people to, to build friendships and relationships. I mean, it's, it's a major indicator for our happiness in our entire life is who do we have nourishing relationships, romantic and friendship and family extended. Like that is, that is an identifier for the quality of life. And if you're, uh, if you're, if you're turtling and hiding a little bit and you don't want to step forward into it, you're, you're making, you're making your life more challenging because you're cutting yourself off from something that's that's so that's so important. We are we are social creatures and we cannot get enough of it. We can't and I th- I get so sad for like this uh, uh the old or potential state of male culture where where we're awkward talking about male connection. I don't know if that's rooted in 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 like homophobia. I don't know if that's rooted in just being judged, it being, you know, deme- or like not wanting to look feminine or I don't know what all of the cocktail of the roots of that system is, but man, it's not helpful. It's just not helpful, man. It's just not practical. It's not like it it doesn't it's not very additive to feel that way. No. You know? No, I, I can think about I can think about when in my life I, I first started to notice that I was supposed to be a certain way with my with my buddies with my with my guy friends and in a mm-hmm. in a group setting playing football at recess or whatever, um, you know somebody reacts to something and they sort of look around like okay I'm gonna do what I'm supposed to do here I'm gonna be macho and then everybody in the in the circle is like. Oh, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to razz him. I don't want to make fun of him. I don't want to be that way. Like I, I think we all can remember growing as us men growing up and and thinking like, man, if I'm gonna connect with dudes, I have to be an asshole. Like, oh man. Mm. And I've never been good at that. Like the 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 razzing and hazing and giving each other shit. Like I'm really 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 bad at it. I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It comes off awkward. So like. You'd never, you'll, you, you'll never find me like doing, you know, taking the piss, you know, with one of my good friends because I don't, it, do, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> and yeah, and and as yeah. we as we grow older, um, we don't exercise that skill. We don't know how to connect. We don't have the tools. We don't have uh, the frameworks, and we also largely don't have examples of men in our life that live in that way. 
Exactly. And for me, the the real goal for myself and what I enjoy more than anything is a landscape and a life where it's all possible. Like I there's times where I love to just I love to like in a loving way, you know, have like a like an adversarial relation, tease people like I actually don't think that's all bad and I'm not pushing against that. But what I think is for me relative and important is that we should be able to do all of it. Like, like we should be able to move in and out. We should have the choice. We should have the freedom. We should be able to actually be like, all right, let's, let's cut the shit for a minute. I see you're hurting. Like, what the hell do you need? You know, or, or just it's, it's, and I think that's, and I'm really adamant about that. I don't like, I don't want to prescribe a way of life to men. I don't want to prescribe and say, uh-huh, hey, right. this is the only way you want to be. Like the new way to be a man is this way. Fuck that. No. Yeah. No. What I want to say is like you, what you actually like, like you drill into you all the way, be yourself without holding back, whatever that is. So it's a descriptive process. It's not prescriptive. We're not saying this is the new fucking masculinity. Fuck that. I hate that. It's like, this is more descriptive. It's like, if there were any measure of being a man, it's like, how much are you, you, how much are you able to be you? Like how much can you just like be honest with what's happening? Right. That to me is where it comes down to. So yeah, it's like, I could imagine somebody listening and being like, well, I don't want to give up my, like my buddy circle in the way we act. Well, you don't fucking have to, and you shouldn't. Yeah. Right. There's no right way. There's no right way. But let's, let's add, let's add the ability to truly slow down and be in touch, right? Like that's, that's really the, the, the movement. And I think it's, I'm trying to make that primary and really clear. It's, it's, um, it's harder to phrase that really simply. You just you did, know? you did, you said it very simply. Yeah. And, and I, and I think it's an, okay. that's an important, that's an important element of this as, you know, new masculinity, like this is the, this is the future of masculinity. Like, no, it's not. It's yeah. it's it's not that easy. Exactly. It's, it should be individual. It's, it's individuation. Yeah, that's fascinating, man. I, I and I think that that's. I think that this this mode of conversation, conversations like these at scale, as much as possible. This message, yeah. your message, your goal. You know, and I know. You know, uh, I know that that you do have goals. You guys have a very specific goal of how many men you want to affect. What, tell us all what that number is. Well, uh, we, you know, what we have said is we want a million men sitting in men's groups within five years, but I actually think that that's low <laughs> Good. Uh, nice. of, of what we're really thinking about. I think that's quite low actually. Uh, but we can, we can say version one, phase one, let's say that. That it, it, we need to consistently repetitively talk about this and, and it's, it, yeah. it, it must be challenging dude, because it's so meta it's, you know, it's so it applies to everything in our life, you know, it applies to how we live our lives. And so I, I notice you being careful about saying too grandiose a thing because mm-hmm. it could easily get there and it could easily turn into, Oh, well, Dan has all the answers. Like Dan knows Dan, Dan, I yeah. really like Dan. He's yeah. cool. He does a bunch of fun stuff. So like, Hey man, Dan, if you, if you want to know how to be a man, Dan's the guy and you're just sitting there like, Mm-mm, no, it is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's interesting and it's kind of a cool place to be because yeah, my role at every man is clearly to, uh, 
is a creative role in creating our trainings and in, in so my mentor is Owen Marcus he's one of the co-founders and so a lot of our processes are his lifetime of work that were that were sort of you know simplifying and bringing in in new words and new ways so my role is is this mine is is the communicator I'm I'm the voice and in some ways I am the face also which is which is again there's just kind of subtle ways to cut it right yeah I, I, I don't want to say that, yeah, look at me, this is how to be a man. Not at all. However, I, I am comfortable being a guide of sorts, being like, all right, there's, you know, there's some, there's some paths here. We're going to have to do it together. Um, you know, and I think that that's just natural for me because, you know, I wasn't the quarterback of my football team. I was the center, right? So I was, I was at the front were. of the, of the spear <laughs> awesome. and I, I was like in some ways making that first step and I was in some ways the the one of the leaders of the team in a very big way but I wasn't you know I wasn't the quarterback. So whatever that is, however that translates, you know, that's and you know it also translates to the to the wilderness guiding where I was I was the guide, I was I was the lead on countless days in in the woods and so it's just a, it's just actually a really, I like that form of leadership where it's, you know, it's all together. We're all a team. We all have to walk the talk. We're not, um, we're not prescribing anything. We're saying, Hey, we're doing this. You want to, if you want to do it too, please come. Yeah. Right. That's, and I mean, and like, I need, like, I do this cause I fucking need it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, I go to my group every week still, not just because I have to, but because like I need it. I really do. It's, it's a, it's a, it's become a support system of mine that I can't imagine doing without, you know? So what, what's one, what's, what are people's besides not wanting to be vulnerable? What do, what do, if, if somebody was going to pick it apart and, and, and say, no, this is not as productive as you think it is. No, this isn't as important as you think it is. What would somebody say about what you guys could do that, that could that could try to attack it? Wow, that's such a great question. I think one of the things that comes to mind is, and this is something that I'm that I'm actually spending a lot of time working with and developing, is the um, the practical application of what we're talking about right so this process of being present so like how like how could you have more um actual practical guidance on how to take this into the workplace right or how to bring this into your marriage and and things like that and i think um what one could say is wow you guys are really uh, sitting around and and doing something very different and it seems to be noticeable and so what does that mean for uh, what does that mean for other people? What does it mean? How is that how is that going beyond just this group? And there's actually a lot of very clear answers to that. Um, and you know, the way we we have actually had a remarkable lack of criticism. It's insane how little we've had. But the questions that do come up is really another space for just for men to go uh-huh. you know that's that's one for sure um why just guys that's that's a major question that's a, that's a place you could you could pick at for sure um and i'm trying to think of what else would be a i i think that the it's it there's the there's an element of 
uh, action orientation that we're developing and bringing into our core messaging, which brings it more than just, you know, learning the emotional intelligence. It's the, it's the like, okay, so how do we build from there? How do we create from there? How do we, how do we like that? That's coming too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Imagine that's a, that's a big vision. That's a, uh, that's probably, uh, that's going to take a lot of hard thinking because, you know, activating on the thing from that week that you were going to do, you know, me texting mm-hmm. Alan and, uh, you know, Tom calling his dad, um, that sort of accountability that is at the, it's at the root of all coaching, all coaching practices. Um, totally. It's, it's like, okay, we can talk about this for a long time and it's going to, it's going to, there's going to be catharsis and growth and self illumination and, and an elevation of your consciousness. But if you don't actually text Alan, if you don't actually call your dad, you're not making use of it. You're not applying it in your life. I, I, I can see how important it is to, to try to tighten that screw even more or if, you know, whatever metaphor mm-hmm. you want to use there. Totally. And, you know, our, our intention behind this is a, is a couple avenues. One is, uh, really creating and, and harnessing technology to really organize and, and sustain accountability and things like that. And then the other is actually more interesting to me in the big picture, which is the, um, looking at this like a decentralized movement and, you know, letting people iterate upon this process, bring it. So, I mean, that's some of the coolest stuff happening. Like we got a, we got a surgeon who's in our community that's really interested in figuring out how to bring this type of work into his community of, you know, surgeon trainees and things. We have people on wall street that are asking the question, how do we bring this into these institutions to more, to bring more humanity into, into the world of money? How do we, we have a veteran initiative where we're bringing returned veterans into these experiences with equal amounts of civilians to start a larger conversation. That's really not happening around the world where we can actually see each other. We've had people step up one guy and it didn't materialize yet, but he wants to do a series of groups for Palestinians and Israelis men to come together and to really see each other. So like that to me is the, I mean, that's the big picture, like holy shit potential here, like how this, and you know, I want to, I want, I want to empower people to, to create high school programs based on this stuff. I don't need to do that myself. We don't need to do that necessarily, but, but that's kind of the, the big picture decentralized vision of how this goes. Dude, so. that's big. <laughs> that's huge. I mean, I, I, I mean, of course the application, oh man. I just got really excited thinking about, you know, five years from now when there are groups and the your the brand is gigantic and global and, and actually helping like shift major things in the world, man. Wow. Whew. Well, it, it, yeah. it sort of begs the question, you know, how can people listening right now, how can they get involved? How, how can they activate? What's the first thing that they can do? Yeah, go to the website, go to everyman.com and that has that has basically everything on there. And I feel like the first question is, yeah, what is an entry point that that is right edgy, you know, on your edge and it, it you're willing to maybe step into it. And so we have local groups all over the country starting to be international as well. Uh, that's uh 
that's a low cost entry point, right? So those are there's no charge for their groups unless they have to pay for a room or something to meet in. Um, that's a that's a great way to start. Our open source weekends, like we talked about, kind of walked you through earlier, is uh, is sort of like it's like you're you're hungry for lunch and you're ready to eat a sandwich and fries, right? It's like okay, I'm gonna I'm ready for a belly full. I want to really do this. <laughs> um, our wilderness expeditions, I think, are our sexiest offering and to me they're they're what what i probably love more than anything else because it's a it's a legitimate full-on like backcountry adventure in yellowstone national park or, or glacier and um it adds the element of nature in here which is for me primary right it's it's where i'm most at home and most in love and and uh that's awesome and yeah i would you know, just in terms of learning more, like you mentioned, I'd say the men's health article by Nate Green that came out, um, it's the December issue 2019. It's still in stance now. I really, I like to push that because I think it's the most accurate, uh, version of what we do. And it's also awesome. I mean, I'm going to go to my deathbed, just proud of that because it's so helpful to have somebody else's from the outside, their words, and to have somebody from the outside, see and understand what we do so exactly it's just one of the most affirming things that's ever happened so i'd, I'd read that article it's online also so i, I talk about vulnerability yeah. like you know to to invite a men's health you know staff writer to come in and like pick your shit apart like <laughs> that must have been obviously a really exciting you know an exciting opportunity but also vulnerable because mike like who knows what risky oh, right totally risky <laughs> You must have been shitting bricks. You're like, this is this uh, this is going to be big. I'm super excited, and also, holy shit! Like, there's going to be someone like picking, telling, picking a story to tell and telling it, and ugh. Oh. So here's why that actually wasn't true, though. Oh, so good. I actually wasn't afraid because I met with Nate, and we talked. And I made it very clear that if he was going to do this, he had to fully participate. He couldn't sit on the sidelines and just intellectualize what was happening he had to let go and he had to do it all the way and he did and i had enough trust in what we do yeah. and enough confidence and experience i'm like all right so if he's actually gonna do that then i i i just well i mean this is one of the like the higher order things that tends to happen here too i have learned to trust my gut man like it's it's not always right, but goddamn, it's mostly right, you know. And so, it's interesting. Yeah, that <laughs> you say that, and I look back. I'm like, yeah, that was risky, and it was <laughs> in a lot of ways. But you know what's interesting? So we've had other media. So we were on the Today Show, which is going to re-air again. We just had a New York Times article come out, and th they were great too. They're great, but again, it's from an outsider's perspective that didn't actually live it, and. Um, yeah. So in some sense, I actually feel that that's riskier. That was riskier to agree to an article in which there was just an observation platform and not uh, an immersive platform. Right. The, the fact the fact that you were so confident, like, well, something's going to happen, like he's going to participate and he's going to grow one way, shape or form. There's no getting out of it. You can't hide. Just to, like, just to, have, <laughs> to have that level of like, yes, it's that it's it's that important. It's that impactful in your life. Like, yeah, he's going to come back different one way, shape or form. Cause they all do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So 
we could we could keep going, man. I could go all day because I think that again, I think that this the conversations like these um, need to be more and more more present, more open. Like the the fact that you guys are getting getting the press that you are is so phenomenal. And we, you know, you and I have known each other for a, a, a couple of years and, and spoken a couple of times. And to see the traction that it's getting and that it's being honored, it's not, it's, it's like people see it for what it really is. Not, not, it's not Uh hokey. It's not, uh, it's not namby pamby. It's not, uh, it's, it's not machismo. It's like, it's like important work. And to see you growing like this is just, uh, dude, uh, it's so cool. It's so cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, one question before we before we take her home uh, is is I ask people to uh, complete this sentence, if you will. And last time I asked it, I'm going to caveat because I'm thinking about changing it. The the question that I ask people, uh, the sentence that I ask them to finish is, everyone should know that. Everyone should know mm-hmm. that. I, and I asked it to my last guy, and he's like, you know what? You shouldn't ask people. I, people shouldn't or should know whatever the hell they want to know. I, it's not up to me to tell them. And I thought, oh, okay, that's kind of insightful. So let me ask it in this way. Everyone would benefit from knowing. How fundamentally beautiful and, and insanely unique they are. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. Dan, mm. thank you so much for joining us today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Yeah, thank you, man. It's been a blast. And so- I totally am gonna. I want to release that next week, man. Let's do it. Yeah, I love it. Cool. That was that was badass. Great. Yeah.